welcome to the BAL podcast. I am Miss Benny Bonsu. I am here with Intabi. Colin woke up today for this podcast. I'm surprised. And DJ Aries. And later on in the show, we've been joined by US Togolese born basketball player Jimmy Williams. So we have a fan packed show for you guys. Let's go directly to Intabi for this week's news. What's going on, everybody? I hope you guys are having a great week. There's so much happening. Um, you know, there's just all that's happening with racial injustices and all of that. But the league itself, the NBA, there's just a lot. So let's just get right into it. Okay, this has nothing to do with the NBA or the BAL. But I just have to mention this because this person, was my favorite QB for a long tra- for a long time then he said some you know some suspect stuff when he was on uh, Yahoo financials or whatever and this is Drew Brees he said I mean you guys can go check it out he just said something about the flag and that turned a lot of people off then he came back the next day to apologize guys he spent $12 on a stock image and then to issue an apology, $12, Drew Brees, you got a lot more coins than that. And if you want to know, if, if you want to ch- fact check me on this image, you can go follow Kev on stage. He did this whole funny thing about how Drew Brees spent $12 on a stock image to say uh, he's sorry. Um, but I just had to mention that. But all I'm saying is Drew Brees, I've just, I've just cut him off. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers was always the better QB anyway. But anyway, moving on, let's talk about the NBA uh, going to Disney. So training camp starts July 9th to the 11th. Um, the 2019-2020 uh, season uh, resumes July 31st to October 12th. Like we said, the draft lottery is happening on August 25th. And then the NBA draft itself is happening on October 15th. Free agency starts on October 18th. I mean, this is a lot of information, but uh, the 2020, the 2020 and 2021 training camp will start November 10th, um, and then the season will start December 1st. That is a lot, right? And even with all this that's happening with the NBA, Adam Silver said on TNT tonight that there might be scenarios. Get this, where older coaches won't be allowed to be on the bench during games without wearing masks. Coaches are not happy about this. These these are more so for coaches who are north of 60, and they're not happy about being singled out. So according to Woj, they feel like they should not be. And if, if coaches are supposed to wear masks, everybody's supposed to be wear masks in terms of coaches, and they should not be singled out, right? So, yeah, that's happening with the NBA. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the WNBA. So, according to ESPN, the WNBA is also proposing a 22-game regular season starting July 24th with the league playing at IMG Academy in Florida. However, players have not agreed to this proposal. The WNBA was supposed to have a 36 regular season game starting May 15th, but that was postponed due to COVID-19. But guys, there's basketball news about all leagues, all partners of the NBA, including the the G League having canceled their 
season, but we still have not yet heard not even a, a sentence about what is happening with the BAL. Like we've said in the show before, we think that it's going to start in November or December, but nobody from the NBA Africa offices has said anything about this. This is just us making our own assumptions. What is happening? Can we talk a little bit about this as a team? What's going on with the BAL? First of all, let's go back to the Drew Brees situation because <laughs> that man is actually taking the piss out of all of our lives. Like, <laughs> you cannot sit in an interview and say all the things that you've said, then go and spend $12 to buy some corny picture and think that black people are going to be like, oh, okay, you know what, forget it. You're sorry, so let's forgive you. Simple as that. So let's go back to that one. And then there's news that you missed, actually, that I want to bring up. Have uh -huh. you guys heard about the Kanye West situation? I know, man. You, you know what? I... Do we believe it, first of all? Because if it's true, then... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't... <laughs> no I don't comment know. on that one. Let's, let's leave it for another week. Let's sleep on it and see what happens. But <laughs> the BAL. Let's go back to the BAL. Yeah. <sighs> mm -hmm. We can all take a sigh before we even talk about it. We are Africans. We are excited about the prospect of this league coming to Africa. We are a champion of the BAL. We want it to happen so bad. But we also say, if you want people to respect the BAL as a world-class league, then we need to have a world-class service at every angle. And that means communication with everybody at every time. Let us know what is happening. You know, there's so much conversations going on. Even things like, let's go and research the teams that have been part of the BAL. Do they have websites? Do they have social medias? How do we contact the team comms person to talk about the BAL? If the BAL is not coming back till even next year, okay. But can we have access to players and interview them? Let's start telling the stories of Africa that we want people to love. So when the BAL starts, it, there's a whole hype about it. But when you go quiet and you don't say nothing, we then start getting worried. That's my opinion. I, I agree with you, Benny. Um, sorry, Ntabi. We've been trying for the last, what, um, few months since, yeah, three, for, three months or so, you know, just trying to get access to um, each of these teams. And it just seems as if everybody's ghosting. You can't reach, apart from my Nigerian friends at uh, Rivers Hoopers, I spoke to the GM and he was like, whenever you want to do whatever you want to do, just come to us, we're, we're available. Every other team, it just seems like they're non-existent. You're trying hard to get communication, to get in contact with people, and you can't seem to do that. And you, we're not hearing anything from the BL themselves. So I'm not quite sure what the idea behind this is. If you've got teams, irrespective of whether the league has started or not, you at least want to be able to communicate, to know what the teams are, what they're doing, if they're practicing, if they're doing anything at all. Just let's get something going. Like Benny, like you said, there's no um, social media there's no website, there's just no way of communicating with any of these teams. And that's just plain wrong as far as I'm concerned. There's only two teams that have social media. That's Rivers and Patriots. And I get it. Patriots, and of course, the Patriots Instagram page also looks pretty decent, to be fair. So they are doing some stuff. And then Rivers themselves. Um, we've got a, a, a colleague of ours who we met in, in Chicago for All-Star Weekend. 
and he also has no news on what's going on with Saleh in in um in Morocco. So I don't understand what's going on. And the thing is, we're not trying to dog the BAL by no means, but the past three months would have been such a great opportunity for everybody to get to know the team, everybody to get to know the cities that these teams are coming from, everybody to get to know what what we what can we expect, you know? The culture of Africa is so vast and there's so much to do. And this would have been a great time to just build the right content around the teams, around the league. And I feel like it's a missed opportunity. You know what I'm saying? And I get it. There's things that need to be done, but there's just ways of getting information out there and just getting people excited about something that we're all excited about. But just not hearing anything is not going to help us. As a producer, as a content producer, as a digital editor, I know that, you know, because of the shutdown of the COVID-19, that does not prevent you from not being able to create content. Because what we could have done, we could have done a Drew Brees. We could have bought some clips. We could have bought some pictures. We could have just done some two-minute pieces for Instagram, Twitter. That literally educates people about every single country. If you go to Tanzania, this is what to expect. This is what they have. This is the population. This is the popular sport. This is the name of the president. This is this. This is that. This is that. This is where the BAL is going to be placed. This is the names of the team. These are the key star players. Just kind of like what we did for London 2012. You do an introduction video for every single country, but also the star players of each team. We don't need to physically go and film these people. We can do this in our rooms without having to leave. Like you said, we are not dogging the BAL, far from it. We want it to be the most successful out of anywhere. Forget the fact that it's Africa. It just needs to be the best league, one of the best leagues in the world. A league that young people are going to look at and say, you know what, I don't want to go to the NBA or go to the Euro League or go to China or whatever. I'm going to stay in Africa and I want to play in this league because I think it's the best as well. That's what we want people to think and feel, right? So what is going on? You know, if we go to the BAL landing page on the NBA website, again, it's very just land you know and yes some of the content that's coming out is fine and yes some people are trying to interview Amadou and try Amadou can't give you any more information than what he's already given us yeah so what can we expect and when can we expect it? if NBA is coming back first of December when is the BAL coming back that's a good question because and the thing is, that's why I emphasize how we've heard from all the NBA partners, from the WNBA, the G League, the NBA itself. Why can we not hear from the BAL? Just say something. Just say, you know, we're looking at these are the possible dates. You know what I mean? Just to give us hope that, okay, there's momentum, there's something going on. And we get it, there's hang time, you know. Um, they released the second episode, I believe, today. Um, and they'll be releasing more episodes and things like that. But we need to know about the league itself, you know? So, I don't know. Also, it's looking at, um, and anyone can jump in, by the way, but th this is my thought, right? So, we're looking at what's going on around the world, right? With Black Lives Matter, the impact it's having on people around the world, not just in America, right? And then you think about, the fact that the BAL is in Africa. And if we're going to, we're all part of this problem, this was a great opportunity to engage the captains or the star players of each and every country around Africa to be part of this campaign, to say, you know what? We in Africa, 
understand what's going on and we support this 100%. It's using your initiative to really drive the message, not just, you know, on the Western world, but also on the continent. But also, we also know that in Nigeria, there's this issue of a young girl that was raped and murdered, and it's a huge thing. And the River Hoopers, you know, one of the clubs that actually looks like they have the resources to actually make something happen. That was a great opportunity for those players to step up and say, we support this campaign. We believe in this campaign. We cannot tolerate this and really lend their voices to something that is really important to that community. I'm still waiting. We're also waiting, Benny. We're also waiting. And I think the BAL leadership needs to come out and, and lead from the front. Let's get all of this going. Let's get the team, let's get team profiles. Let's, let's get pen fixes. Let's get them involved in the communities. Let's get them involved in events that happen around the continent. Let's create content so that when the BL eventually get ready to start, there's already a process. There's, there's already some name recognition from the fans. Because right now, I mean, apart from those of us who are here and, uh, and deeply involved um, with the BAL, if you ask the ordinary man on the street, even if he's a basketball fan about the BAL, they have no clue. They have not the slightest clue. And you can't do that. You, I mean, this period, like Benny said, like um, Tabi said, is a lost opportunity. We should be building, at least the BAL should be building equity. Should have used this period during this lockdown to build equity, name recognition, all of those things. But it's not being done. It's not happening. And that just makes you feel a little bit, you know, you, you've got spirits that were all up here after the um, basketball, the uh, NBA All-Star game, the whole announcement and everything, people were expectant. And all of a sudden, it just goes all the way down. And right now, there's nothing to hold on to to say, look, this is coming. This is what's happening. This is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to follow it. And when you think about it, to be fair, all up, up until that announcement at the in Chicago, there was a bit of rush about the way everything was done. So this space now allowed time to fine tune all of that, to, to take a breather and just do things a, a little bit more, um, should I say, just take time and do things a little bit better. You know, and then all of a sudden we apply reverse and then maybe when it's time to start, you now go back to being in a rush. The NBA has announced dates for a restart, a full schedule, and we expect that the BL at some point should come out and do the same thing. Well, we don't know what kind of conversations and meetings they're having behind the scenes, but at least keep people informed. Let's know what's going on. Even if it's just, oh, here's the update. We have some conversations here. We have we have nothing decided yet, but this is some kind of ballpark timeline as to when decisions are going to be made and when things are going to happen. If we don't have that, then the question starts being asked: Are we even going to have a league at all? You know, right? And then you think about it. This could have been a time where you at least told us what the cost of the tickets are going to be, um, the possible places that you can purchase the tickets, so that. If somebody from Madagascar wants to travel to go watch a game somewhere, they can plan ahead, right? Somebody from South Africa, somebody from Zim, somebody from Angola, if they want to travel with their family, even us in the U.S., if we want to take time off and then, uh, you know, make a trip to Africa to go watch the game, 
so that we can prepare accordingly, you know, set, you know, take time off work or whatever the case is and just be involved in, in the league as much as we can. And then even, even with this, right, because we know that the, the league will continue again in 2021. So then other teams can start preparing, watching film, you know, knowing a little bit of what, which teams are playing and what they can expect so that they can qualify to be part of the 2021 season. I just think that we're, you know, as NBA Africa and the BAL um, team, they're really missing out on some crucial and critical opportunities to not even just create content, but just to engage the fans in, in just different ways. That's just my opinion. For somebody that's lived in Africa for a very long time, creating content and building content and working with the media landscape, the way you keep the people engaged is always communicating with them and letting them know what's coming next. Even if it's not coming for another six months or another year, you need to let them know what is happening at all times. Because then, like you said, some people just don't have the money in the, ba- the, money in the bank account that they can just decide that tomorrow they're going to Kenya to go watch BAL. People have got to start saving their pennies. That includes me. Because you've got all these seven cities going. If you then announce in September that, oh yeah, we're going to do in December, that's not enough time for somebody to put their money together to go and come and support. Right? We are not bashing the BAL far from it. And as people that all work within the media landscape, we're all here to support it to make to be a better league. We want it to be the best in the world. Right? So we know that Amadou and the team probably has some difficulties and they might have some things that they need to deal with. But that's why the dysphoria here. Reach out. What do you need? How can we support? Let's build this. Communicate. Let's build it together. Let's not leave it because NBA is dealing with something. So BAL must, you know, sit on the side until NBA is ready. Let's go. Because the continent, we know Africa is the next frontier. So if it is the next frontier, let's treat it like it's the next big thing. NBA has already been here for years. Let's build this and let's put all our efforts into making sure that this is successful in the first year, in the fifth year, in the 10th year, in 15 years from now, we're all sitting here laughing about, do you remember when the BAL first started? That's what we want to be talking about. We want to be old and gray and be proud of the fact that we saw it in Africa. You know, Colin yep. But, but, but Benny, you know, you, you've got a fat bank account, so you don't need to prepare for anything. Colin is already old and gray, so by the time. <laughs> oh my goodness! Come. Oh my word! Colin is past it. Jeez, did that just come from you? Uncle, oh, uncle, I am burned. I am so burned. Oh. Eris, you're here, and Tabby just did this to me. I am burned. I feel burned. You know what? I feel your pain. I've got you. Oh, 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 man. Oh, man. It's on tour on the VAL. I am sure they have some something up their sleeves and they will come and wow all of us. But this has been a missed opportunity to really build. I really think that they could have really engaged like big NBA African players, some big EuroLeague um, African players to really drive the message that Africa is the next stop. You know, they've missed it. So what do we do going forward? Communicate, plan, create, inform, educate, and engage the community. Africa is huge. There are 54 countries. I always say that Africa is a country and the 54 countries are all boroughs. 
within that place. So you've got a lot of work to do if we're going to be successful and we need to have started yesterday. So hopefully this message can get out there and a conversation can start and we can start improving. Let's do the little things. Make sure every team has an Instagram account. Make sure every team has a Twitter account. Make sure every team has an even website. They don't have to have 10 pages on a website, just a landing page with some information on there. Let's get going. Let's make, let's let people look at Africa and respect us, please. Like rate us, rate us a little bit, please. We are not the way we were 10 years ago, 20 years ago. We've come forward. I mean, we are leaders in creation. Come on, man. They've got to respect us. Respect us, man. Come on, let's go. But anyway, let's move on. Let's move on and introduce this week's guest. His name is Jimmy Williams. He is U.S. born Togolese, by the way, we were talking about Togo the other day, very beautiful country. So he's the first that I've ever interviewed. So Jimmy, welcome to the BAL podcast. How are you doing, sir? Oh, I'm great. I'm great. I'm great. How are you? Sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm good. I'm good. So tell us about yourself, man. How did it all start and how did you end up in Africa? Why did you choose to go to Africa? Everybody said, it's like, man, what's wrong? Why you go to Africa? But okay, it's a short story. Uh, so when I first came out of college, I was searching for an agent and everything. I used to be on FIBA.com and everything, searching for an agent. And I used to go on AfroBasket.com. And I seen it said Togolese national team is gearing their team up because they want to make the 2011 AfroBasket. They haven't made AfroBasket in 33 years. So I contact the agent, the first FIBA agent in Africa. I contact them and I ask them, I say, can you hook me up with this I want to get a passport because I always wanted to have another. That was my plan. I said, I'm going to get another passport. I want to play for a national team. So hold up. Your parents are not Togolese? No, 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 no. My mom's father is Togolese. Okay, okay. So, okay. So, yeah, yeah. So, so I it thought was you perfect. were doing a Nigerian behavior over there. You know, oh, no, 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 no. Really? Hey, actually, my best friend is from Nigeria, so I know. No, he's, he's, he's not doing it today. I'm, yeah. I'm telling you, I mean, like, these, these, these ladies are killing me. <laughs> All right, go on, Jimmy. <laughs> okay, so that was perfect. So I seen the opportunity, and I contacted the agent, and he, he asked, like, for my videos and stuff like that. And a week later, he asked for my birth certificate and stuff, but I thought it was maybe some type of scam or something. Oh, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, but, you know, I'm 20 years, I mean, I'm 22 years old, so I just took the chance. I'm like, forget it. And a week later, I was in Togo. Yeah, it was crazy. So it just happened so fast. I was in Togo, then I only had uh, two weeks of practice before the qualifiers. And the qualifiers was in Togo. This was to go to 2011 AfroBasket. So let's talk about this. So you reach out to the first AfroBasket agent. You ask them for a Togolese passport because you want to you know, have another passport and represent another country. Two weeks later, you get it. You are in Togo. First time in Africa. What do you even think? And I mean, and it's just a coincidence that I have Togolese in my blood. And they, it was just crazy. It was meant to be. So when I was there, I was a, it was a little culture shock. And I never still, I never been to Africa. So uh, I practiced for the first time and everything. And, and I struggled with the humidity. I ended up going to the hospital too the first two days I was there because I was cramping <laughs> up because it was so hot. So I had to get used to that, but uh, it was great. They treated me well, you know. They had I was in I was actually staying with the president of the federation. Her name is Madam Lawson, Doctor Lawson, and I was staying with her. She had cooks for me. It was good. I, she treated me like her son. She called me her son to this day. So, 
So you go. Oh, okay. I, I think now, now I want a Togolese passport. <laughs> no, cool. Togo <laughs> is much closer to Ghana than it is to Nigeria. So please, don't try and claim this poor boy and turn him to 419. Anyway. No, he's, he's going to be Nigerian. <laughs> Most Togolese have um, Nigerian roots. If, if you dig a little bit deeper, you might find that you've got some Nigerian roots. So you come and get a Nigerian passport. <laughs> Hey, I swear, my best friend is Nigerian. He's dangerous. Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, he hey, called me. Yeah. Hey, the ladies love him, right? Oh, man. Yeah. I told you. Yeah, I give you that. Colin, <laughs> yeah. can you save your womanizing chat with Jimmy? <laughs> <laughs> so you go over there, you play, you guys qualify? Okay, so this is what happened. So I went over there and we had the first game against Ivory Coast. I started playing, I'm bringing up the ball, they're hand checking me, I'm complaining for fouls. And the first ref said, hey, welcome to Africa. This is Africa, you know, we don't, you know, he spoke good English. In that game, we lost to Ivory Coast and I had four points. So the president of the Federation like, oh, he's not good. They told me, but the coach, I had a European coach, his name is Guy Arnold. He told the president of the Federation, no, give him a chance. He's new to Africa. Cause I, and I learned this, a lot of American players, can be good players in other countries, but they can't play in Africa. It's, it's very physical. You got to learn how to play in Africa. That don't mean you're a bad player. You just have to adjust. So after that, the next game, we had Nigeria. It was a, it was a packed game. It was in Togo. We ended up beating Nigeria by one point, and it was like history. Nigeria. We, they never. What that game? I remember that game. It was it was annoying, and everybody oh, you, was. Oh, you really, that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, everybody was upset. I mean, like yeah. Togo. Yeah, yeah, Togo. So. We beat them, then I had 20 points. Now everybody, oh, he's good, uh, You know, so now, because I, I adjusted it, I had to. It was the, if not, they would have been like, okay, get out of here. We played Ivory Coast. Again, I think we lost. Then after that, we beat Benin. Then we beat Benin again, then we qualified. So. And then you go, you go to it, you guys, how did you, how did you find it? Because you, you're new to Africa, you have to adjust to the style of play. You don't, you're not really coping with the weather because, you know, when we mean hot in Africa, we mean hot, hot. You know, you you can fry your eggs on the floor. That's how hot it is. Yeah. And then you go to the Afro basket. Then what happens to Afro basket? Okay, so, you know, we uh, qualified for the next following summer for Afro basket. So I had like a month there for preparation. So we went there and I, I, I was expecting us not to win going into Afro baskets because my goal was I made history. I helped them make history to qualify. So that was the whole thing. But... So when we went to Afro basket, we played maybe four games, five games, and we, and we lost, you know, but I was the third best scorer in Afro basket. And it was a great experience for our team. That was their first time some players leaving the country. And keep in mind, we had only local base players, you know, no other foreign players from Europe that's Togolese or anything like that. And that was even in the qualifiers. So it was, I mean, it was a good experience. And it was in Madagascar that year. But then you, you are in Morocco for last season or this season um and the B, they've announced the bal what are your thoughts on the bal oh well man when i heard that i was excited my agent like yes finally you know i've been i've been praying for it. i'm like you guys i feel exactly like how you guys feel so um i had maybe three teams that offered me right away because i was i was because i know i have the african passport but i was very excited and i'm like this is going to be the biggest league in the world because me i know the talent in africa some people be like oh man it's easy no it's not easy to play in africa the local base players are in good shape but it's just like um like how you guys say you know it's not good they don't good do a good job of advertising 
and things like that. So that's what makes it difficult. But I was excited, for sure. Is the team that you're currently on part of the BAL teams? Okay, so uh, originally I was going to sign with the Mali Club, police club, but my African passport was expired. So I had to fly to Togo and renew my passport. So after that, my agent got me an offer with A.S. Doan in Senegal. So, you know, yeah, so the, pro so the progress you know, the progress was that was kind of slow because the problem, the problem is this, you know, this is the first time these clubs are dealing with bringing foreign players. So that's why things are a little, and they don't know the big picture. Like they don't know if they, like how you guys, they do every time they can maybe get sponsors from other countries and they can generate money doing this. That's why, that's why I try to tell them, but they just, they still learning. But anyway. Hey, listen, if you're but, going to Senegal, that's great because Senegal is beautiful. Benny wants to go to Senegal. No. <laughs> you know why, Jimmy? We talk about Senegal every podcast because we, have, as an as a governing body of women, have decided that the best looking men in again. Africa are all in Senegal. <laughs> Senegal is a beautiful oh. country, though. It is. It yeah. is. Oh, so you'll be seeing oh. us ladies over there. <laughs> but, but it's a good thing you're going to Senegal, though, because they've got a really good national team and they've got some really good club uh, system in Senegal. In fact, yeah. I think when it comes to club basketball, when you, if you take out the North Africans who are, who've been like, you know, really, really dominant, you come down West, you've got Senegal, you've got Nigeria, and then you've got Ivory Coast. So those three are more like the powerhouses of basketball outside in, in Sub-Saharan Africa. And then of course, um, Angola. So Angola is the other place where you can go and you have a real strong basketball culture. So I think it's a great move going to um, Senegal. I would have expect, I would have wanted you to come to Nigeria and play for Rivers Hoopers. But, yeah. I mean that would have been that, that, that would have been good. But hey, yeah. too bad you're going to the team that's going to lose the final to Rivers Hoopers. <laughs> we'll see about that. Uh. Wow, I can't believe Colin went all the way there. Jimmy, can you? <laughs> Tell us a little bit about your basketball experience. So you 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 were born in the U.S. You have a Togolese passport now. Um, I have a I can't mention his name because people will hate uh, him. But I have a friend who's Togolese, very inf influential family over there, um, and he was so shocked that there's actually a basketball that people play basketball. When I told him that we'll have a basketball. Um, player from Togo on the on the podcast. He was very shocked. So can you tell us a little bit about first where you played in the U.S. Uh, college-wise and then when you got to Togo, they're French and the food is different and I know you had a little bit of culture shock and stuff, but how did you adjust to, you know, the, the climate, the language, the food, the people, and just a little bit about your, your basketball experience in the U.S.? I, uh, so first off, uh, I went to Alderson Brothers Co College. It's in West Virginia. You know, it's an NCAA Division II school. So, you know, uh, I was always overlooked. I always had to work hard for mine, so, which is not a problem. So I, I went there, and uh, I actually went there for two years. I went to a junior college before that. I went to John A. Logan in uh, Carbondale, Illinois. And then I uh, got a scholarship. My assistant coach got a job there, so I uh, went with him to Alderson Brothers. I stayed there for two years. Uh, we made it to the Final Four in the NCAA Division Two, So that was a good experience. It was a good team. So uh, then, like I said, after that, I went to Togo. And uh, 
this, so about the culture shock thing, you know, I think this is my African roots. Everybody say, you're a different American. Me, I adjust well. Like, I, I'll just go out at one, two in the morning, go to the store. You know, I don't I don't act like an American. Like, if I see a sheep on there and they cutting from it and they putting it on the grill, I'm gonna eat it and it's good and it's fresh. I'm different, I'm not gonna lie to you. I, 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 I can adjust quick. Yeah, so, well, I was good. That, that, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I love I love African food. It's healthy. I love it. One hundred percent. Um. So my question to you, Jimmy, when you're out there, what's the scene like? You know, are you familiar with Togolese music, the artists? Who do you listen to? You know, when you're getting ready or so. The the good thing about Togo is that it's a small country. You know, mm. man, it's small. So every club, I know a lot, I have a lot of friends there. You know, I can just go in the clubs, everything is free because it's a, they're like family, it's a small country. But as far as Togolese arts, I'm not gonna lie to you. When I'm in, I love African music, but I just be bobbing my head. I don't even know their names. I had to go on YouTube one time to see how they look. So I just, I love African music, but as far as name go, I don't really know too many too many people's names, but I, li I like the music. Okay, do you have any favorites? Like, I mean, it doesn't have to be African, could be just anything in the charts or whatever. I mean, current. Yeah. Uh, Drake is my favorite artist. Okay. I like Drake, yeah. Well, he's collaborating with a lot of, you know, Wizkid. I wouldn't be surprised if you worked with Burner Boy, but uh, yeah, I'd be yeah. very interested to know more about Togolese. I like Burner Boy too. I like yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, I need to find out some Togolese music, you know, and add that to the pod. We have a podcast, um, we have a playlist as well on um, Spotify. So definitely, hopefully you tune into that as well. Oh, no, I will for sure. Yeah. Okay, so you're going to be playing in Senegal, right? So you, you were asked to play. Can you tell us a little bit about your career in playing in Africa? Because um, I went to your Instagram and checked you out a little bit and I saw that you've played in several places. No, not like that, Benny. Why are you happy, my girl? <laughs> doing your research, yeah? Doing uh, your research, Tommy. I'm doing my research. I How can I do your research? It's part of the job. You know what? You, you, you want to just get up a little bit and give Tommy a little bit of, you know, just show <laughs> <laughs> You know, just give her a, a little twirl, a little twirl for the culture. Don't listen to them. Can you just tell us about your experience playing on the on the continent? Like, I know you mentioned you played in Afro Basket, but did you have, do you have more experience in playing um, in yeah. different leagues? In, yeah, so yeah, so like when my agent sent my resume to different teams, they call me the world traveler because I played in some some weird places that people don't think that has leagues. So I played in uh, Mozambique. Mozambique is actually a good league. I played for uh, Ferriola de Beta, and I played for Desportivo uh, Maputo. So I've been there on two different occasions. Uh, I played in Morocco for two years. Uh, the first year there, I play. I actually played with Akim Zuita in Burkane. He's a great player. To me, he's the maybe top two players in Africa. He's a great player. Uh, with Burkane, and then I ended up going back to Morocco and I played with Moss Club. We lost to Salé in the finals that year. Um, I played uh, la um, reverse last year. I was in, this is going to trip you, I was in Seychelles for eight months. I was on an island. Oh my God. Reputation. Seychelles has a good basketball reputation. And let me tell you how random that was. I was actually in Togo. I was playing the FIBA three on three, and my agent called me, said, I have a job for you in Seychelles. I said, Seychelles. But now I Googled it, I said, oh yeah, I'm going. Yeah, so. <laughs> that, that's a lovely place to go. In fact, you should take the and just, you know, go there, let her show you the sites, you know. 
So if she yeah. has a chance to check out, check out from close range. <laughs> <That's the thing. laughs> yeah, so I was there and I was only supposed to stay there for the African Championship qualifiers. So I was just going to be there for maybe three weeks, four weeks. And I'm like, okay, I was signed to another team. But after that, I was the top scorer in the qualifiers. We ended up losing to Madagascar and they qualified. But the team manager, he wanted to sign me for the rest of the year. He said he'd give me sponsors and everything. So I said, yeah. So I ended up staying there for the rest of the year. And uh, it was great. And I also played a night for a Nigerian team too, Kano Pillars. Wow. You, you see, oh, Kano Pillars are one of the best teams in Nigeria. They, yeah. They've got a really great tradition and they play some great basketball. They also yeah. have a football club uh, as well. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I played, I played there. I played in Libya. I was there with the war with Gaddafi. I had to escape. Oh, wow. You got oh. stories. Hold up. Yeah. Which team did you play for in Libya? Uh, Etihad. Did you have as Luis Fidipe on your team? No, no. I was playing with Modibo Diera from, uh, from uh, Mali, yeah, from Mali, yeah. I knew a few people that were there during that time. Um, talk about that experience for you. So you're in, you're just playing basketball, <laughs> yeah. and, and hey. then all of a sudden this stuff happened, and then the war happened. How I'm did a, you find that experience? I'm gonna tell you this, because at the time it was only for African players. If that country would have never got to war, I would have stayed there for the rest of my career. It was crazy. They was just. It was, man, I will stay there for the rest of my career. So I was hurt when the, when, and, it, and it was, and it was, you know, it was only for African players. The only imports, you know, I don't think no American players could even, I mean, American people could even enter the country. You know, Gaddafi always mm -hmm. had, yeah. So it was perfect for me. I would have stayed there forever, but it was cool. Like I said, I, it was no poor people. I didn't understand that revolution. You know, it was no poor people on the street, very clean country. So, you know, I don't really get too deep in politics. But I, I didn't understand their, rev their revolution. But uh, anyways, when I was there, it was just one day after we had two practices. And I think Egypt revolution just ended. And the coach said, come back at 6 p.m. So we go back to 6 p.m. Uh, this was uh, Mohamed Tangara came to the team. Uh, he was my teammate, too. And we were going to practice, and the, and, the, and, the, and the doors was chained up. And we called our coach. Our coach is in Tunisia. What? what? I say, I say, how are you in Tunisia? We see people marching in the streets. It was crazy, but the civilians, they took over and they, they didn't mess with us because they knew we was basketball players, but it was crazy. We were stuck there, no internet, no nothing. I know how crazy it was because during that time, my fiance, he was being paid very well. I think it was something something silly like $500,000 for the year, yeah, yeah. for the season. That's how much money. And him and the other two, African-Americans, but they were Nigerian-American, all of them Nigerian-Americans. They were refusing to leave until they got their money. And at this point, it was getting so dangerous that the ship that came to get the Americans out, they didn't get on the ship. So they were stuck there when the bombings and the shootings and everything was happening. So you can imagine me here, like trying everything I can to get them out. And these fools were not going because their money was so good. Anyway, in the end, they escaped through Getting in the get, they got your money, they zipped it under the crotch, you know, down there, and they <laughs> jumped in the car and they slept in the boot and they escaped to Egypt. And from Egypt, they flew out. Wow. But I can only imagine what you guys went through during that time. You oh know what? And I, and I thank the managers there because they because we had a they owed us another salary. They gave us our money. This was like uh, two days when it was going on. He still paid us, and. We was just, we was really just stuck. Everybody stopped answering the phone. And I told them, listen, drop your bags, stuff your money, leave all everything. We're going to pay somebody to take us to Tunisia. And that's what we did. So 
I, I had stuffed my money everywhere, socks, everywhere I can think of. And on the way to Tunisia, Qaddafi soldiers pulled us over and they told us to get out the car. I was like, fuck, I hope they don't. So we got out the car. All the thing they wanted was the phones. They got our phones and broke them because the other people was communicating through the phone. So they didn't want no one on the internet or nothing. And after that, they just, they let us go peacefully. So we went to Tunisia and Tunisia, the, they gave us food. They gave us a free ride into the city. <clears throat> I paid for my hotel and I was there for a week. And when I was there, I got an offer to go to Qatar. I was like, no, 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 I want to go home. I'm distraught. I mean, <laughs> I didn't want to go home. And so I paid for my own plane ticket back home. And then after, I, you know, when I when I got off the plane in Chicago, this Channel 7 News was there. My mom ran up to me like, oh, I even want to do an interview, but I did it, but I just wanted to go home. So, and after about a, two weeks later, I left again. Yeah, it's- how, how, how traumatic was that experience for you, both as a person and as an athlete? Man, it, it was, I, I was scared, I'm not gonna lie, because it was at, it was at one point where, you know, the city just started going crazy. But you know, one thing I say about the Libyan people, they was always nice, no one harmed us. I, I didn't have to go through, I've heard stuff, I, I never had to go through anything. Everybody was nice to me. You know, the civilians helped us get a ride to Tunisia. Some guy I knew, we paid his friend to take us, so. Wow, that's crazy. So it just sounds like, even with your story about how you got your passport, is that you, regardless of what's happened, like we spoke about this um, in our previous episode that, you know, we always, we, we try to tell African-Americans that you've got a home in Africa, you didn't even need anyone to tell you you had a home. You were like, I am gonna find my home. I'm gonna find my own way to Africa, which you did. And you just keep going back. What is it about the continent that draws you back to it so much that you even appreciate the the basketball, the game, and you have so much confidence in stuff like the BAL. You are on a BAL team. Um, just, you know, t tell us a little bit more about that. So uh, I'm just gonna talk about the BL just for a little bit. See, this is the thing, like how you guys was frustrated. See, now a lot of teams are losing players that signed originally. Cause we get, I mean, like me, I, I have another deal on the table. So I don't know if I'm gonna turn that deal cause everybody's silent right now. Cause I know a couple of players that I was there with, they have other deals. I know players on other teams, they have other deals right now. So that can be a conflict, you know? So I mean, I mean, of course they will find other players but because it's so much, it's silent, players want to secure a job and they want to make sure that everything is okay. So we don't, if we don't know the dates or we haven't heard from our, our prospective teams, we don't, we have to, you know, maybe keep it moving. So right now my agent, he was sick. He just fully healed from malaria. So I'm just, I, I let him control everything. I'm just waiting on him and, and uh, we'll see what happens. And that's the thing. And that's the danger for journeymen because I call basketball players that go from country to country journeymen. You know, like yeah. we're so excited for the BAL. We want the best to play in the BAL. But if the comms is not there and a team in um, Qatar or somewhere else in that part of the world, that pays really well. I mean, I'll tell you something, Jimmy. I was shocked when I found out how much Libya was paying basketball players. Some players were earning more than NBA players in Libya and in Qatar. And this is the kind of thing that people don't know about. They only they only see NBA or the hey. League. And that, like my partner at that time, he was making so much money in Libya and his playing months were not as long as the NBA. You know, so Jimmy, like talk me, if, if I was a 
a basketball player in America or in Europe and my, my, my view is to just play in the NBA, what would you say to me about exploring different opportunities? Me, I've I never been that type of uh, that type of person. Like, like when I first came out, I could have went to uh, to Europe and play. I had a job, but I, I chose the other route because I got my first offer was more money. But like I tell people, there's money everywhere in the world. Like for example, if you go to a team, a team in Africa, and they they they're sponsored by the railroad, they have money. But you just have to. It's about giving them that vision on why they should spend the money. You know what I'm saying? These every team is a, every team have, but was like you just have to. They have to think of it as an investment. Because like you guys said, if they have websites, they have people promoting their club. They have two good professional players. They will, they, they will, they will, sponsors from Europe and all over the world will give them more money. They will make more money, but it's just about giving them that vision. Wow. I think um, with the BAL starting and myself and Entabi went to the combine and we saw so many guys that were out there wanting to, you know, come out to Africa and it was excited. And the good thing about it, I guess, is now even retired NBA players are asking, you know, what's up with the BAL? Like, how do we get in? Um, whilst you have people like yourself and people that are out there in Africa that are great players. I mean, that's what people in, in the Western world don't know. People in the NBA don't know that some of these players in Africa are tough. They're really good, but they're also tough. And mm-hmm. if they're discovered a year, two years from now, and they're moving to the NBA, they're coming for your job. Mm-hmm. So how do you talk to people over there in Chicago and they go, Jimmy, man, why, you know, what, what is it really like in Africa? What do you say to people? Like, it's like what you say. It's like the upbringing, like Africa have a lot of resources and there's a lot of money in Africa, but you know, sometimes the, the people, they don't have, they, they can't get to their resources. So they have to, they struggle growing up. So when they step on the court, they playing with their heart. It's more than basketball. They trying to get out. They trying to make it out. Like, did you guys pay attention to the qualifiers of the Afro league now? You see, people don't see Madagascar team is better than what people think. They're tough. Madagascar, they're not the most talented players. I think they upset. They beat Feriado Maputo. And uh, yeah, so, and I played against the Madagascar players. They pick you up full court. They play with heart. So, and it's a lot of other teams that's like that. But African players, they playing with their heart. They want to make it out. It's more than basketball with them. You know, it's no pretty stuff. It's no... No layback stuff. It's, it's more than basketball. They want to make it out. My last question to you. You've been a, journey, a journeyman around the world, especially across Africa. Seychelles, I'm dying to go there one day. So right. I'm going to ask you a question and you have to be really honest. All right. Because, and of course, Ghana is not involved because you've never played in Ghana because we don't have a basketball team. So Here it comes. where in Africa do they have the best looking women? That, in your opinion. <laughs> Oh, listen, 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 listen. I can't wait for this. Like, okay, I'm here for this. I can't say, I can't say which country, but I'm just be honest with you. Every country I've been, the it's beautiful women in every country. Oh my word! No, that that that. that I wasn't expecting that question. Correct, Jimmy. You can't be politically correct. That's such a PC answer, man. Oh, you've been polite. You've been polite. Yeah, been polite, you know, y'all. I was, I wasn't expecting that one. I was gonna ask y'all to send me the questions. I was gonna ask y'all to send me the questions. 
But whoever was whoever was writing me answered me back. Come on, you ready? Let's go. I said, oh. See, I like the way you were very PC over there because if you had said any country, you would be attacked straight away. <laughs> straight away. But um, well, it's a good thing exactly because if you had said any country except outside of Nigeria, it would have been in serious trouble. <laughs> You know where the beautiful women come from Ghana, so I'm just gonna leave you. Hey, there. South Africa has beautiful women. Yeah, nobody, South Africa women in Africa. Oh, so, no, 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 Benny, Benny, Benny. Yeah. South African women, they've got this wide, they are, they are broad beamed. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. First of all, you gotta watch yourself, Colin. <laughs> Colin, you're getting it today. Oh, you're getting funny. it. You need to watch it. <laughs> Just because you have a type doesn't make all South African women wide and stuff like that. You see me? Do I look wide to you? Anyway. No, not wide everywhere. Just, just broad beams there, you know? <laughs> Let's move on because, you know, Colin is an uncle in this situation. And girls never know when to pause. They don't know how to chill. You know, that's why he's an uncle on tour. So let's Hello. move on right to DJ Aries for this week's lifestyle. So anyone heard of Billboard magazine? Anyone familiar with that? It's an industry, music industry um, publication, and now they're really giving a lot of attention to African artists. So we had Tiwa Savage, uh, we had Davido and Mr. Easy on the cover, and it's just like a proper spread on you know the African giants who are just have to admit that right now. Yes, I know Colin, you're gloating right now. Um, of the music industry and you know it's just giving us stories about their background, how they got into the industry. And as we all know, African artists, it takes them what up to 10, 15 years before the whole world knows who they are. Nobody cares about the Nigerian artists. Let's move on from them and talk about something else. <laughs> 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 also our favorite brand well i love fenty anyway fenty savage um victoria's secret they've gone into administration fenty has just taken over top so again another amazing brand that's just going full top in terms of fashion again a black owned well fenty's under luxury brand but it's black owned isn't, sorry isn't Rihanna's no. business um was invest like it, doesn't she call only with an Arab boyfriend? She's not with him anymore. She's not with him anymore. <laughs> Look at us! Oh, wow. Because I've got some juice. Wasn't she messing with Naomi Campbell's ex-boyfriend? Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Benny. She's got you, you, you seem she's to be done with what in Nigeria we call it Aproko. You're the Aproko mistress, girl. Wow. Wow. Okay. F- thanks for that, Benny. That That was very... That was more gossipy than stuff I was going to tell you. Um, another interesting thing. So with Trump just saying whatever these days, Snapchat have decided to cancel his posts. They're not going to post anything that he says now. The, the last post, he even tried to use TI's track, whatever you like, like the cheek of it. From that, they're just like, no, nah, we're done. So he's off Snapchat. So we ain't going to see him on Snapchat, which is great, I suppose. You know what? Can I just say that Donald Trump, it's like, you know, we, we, sometimes us in Africa, we complain about our presidents and how terrible they are and they do this. I mean, Trump has actually sh- proven that we should appreciate African presidents. True. You, you, know, you know, early on when he took, uh, um, Trevor Noah did this thing about, you know, this comparison, how uh, Donald Trump is like an African leader. I don't know if you ever saw that 
that's kit by oh check it out the, i saw it, it. Of, yeah it was it was it was it was just perfect to a t sensational yeah but he just got to the point and just told it how it is but uh african looking at trump and compare him to any african leader in this present day I can't see one that's worse than him. Mm. I could possibly compare him to Mugabe, but Mugabe started off well and just went this way when he got older. But who else in Africa right now you can compare this crazy orange tomato to? What about the Nigerian president, Colin? No, he's... We, that, no, that, that one is invisible. We have an invisible president. He's <laughs> <laughs> the invisible man. <laughs> oh, dear. Is that um, news? I, I think the best president right now in Africa, the best president by a country mile, is the Ghanaian president. Yes, <laughs> I knew it. Him, him, him and the Rwandan president, those two, they're like miles and miles away from anybody else. Indeed, indeed. Uh, what was I going to say? There was another thing I was going to say, but I've totally forgot. Ah, Jimmy, I was going to ask you, are you, do you know anything about your president in Togo? Are you familiar with him? What's he like? I mean, uh, no, I, I met him one time. We went to his uh, house when we qualified. Oh, wow. But, uh, yeah, but I don't, I haven't heard too much about him. Like, I haven't heard any bad things about him, though. No! Oh, no. my God! Okay, okay, the people, the people that I asked, that I asked him about, they really, they're, they, they support him, so I haven't really heard any bad really? things. Really? I didn't even tell my friend this. Yeah. Because... I met a Togolese girl and told her about my friend who's from Togo uh -huh. and she was not happy that I was, I knew this person. She was uh -huh. like, oh, so you like them? You know the way that goes about when she says friend, it's almost like she's saying it in quotes. No, I am not, Colin. Anyway, let's move on, please. today, that's the news for today. You know, thank you, thank you, DJ Aries. I think Colin, man, we're gonna have to mute Colin for life because Colin just comes and throws fire on everything that is going on. But Jimmy, moving on from this week's lifestyle, um, lifestyle news. This question I ask everybody that comes onto the show, and this is quite a hard one. For some, if you had to pick your five starter lineup of the NBA all-time best NBA players, who would you that are of African descent? Who would you have in your starting fight five? Of course, Hakeem Olajuwon. Of course, I know because I can't. Can I have two? So what about the, I can have about well, position? I got it. Got to be different positions. No, you can just have five. All five. Any okay. any position. Oh, five. So, so Matumbo, Olajuwon. I don't know. I love Pakum Siakam so much. Pascal Siakam from Cameroon. Yeah, yeah. Pascal Siakam. That'd be three. Um, you gotta throw. Okay, what about uh, Honest Takupo? He counts. Oh, Yanis. Yep. Yeah, Yanis is in there. I don't care if he's oh he's in there. Um, one more. One more. And I know this is probably gonna throw everybody out, but I'm a sir. I like Serge Ibaka. I love Serge. Yeah. All the women love Serge. I love Serge. <laughs> We don't love his voice, but we love Serge. Serge is <laughs> what is his voice that bad? He talks like that. <laughs> He's got this like rabbity kind of wimpy voice. I don't know. Really? He doesn't look it. I'm quite deeper voice than Serge. <laughs> oh wow. Hey, but the great the, the 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 crazy thing is is so many players have I even tell people, I was telling somebody the other day, you look at Michael Jordan, he looks 100% African. I just don't know what country. is. He's not American. Uh, his family I agree. Is I agree. 
when I watched that documentary, I was thinking, nah, he looks too African. He's got some. He looks more South African than anything. Yeah. I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> no. He's either Ghanaian or Nigerian. He's one of them. You think also, so? He's, yeah. Also, yeah. Senegalese? No, he doesn't have the structure of a Senegalese man. Senegalese men are built like giants, like this, you know. Oh, but babe, Ghanaian men on the and, 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 and he's got the Nigerian <laughs> attitude. No, and he's got a Ghanaian bush lifestyle. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, Betty, you're savage, girl. No, it's this podcast has been hilarious. <laughs> We hope you've enjoyed being part of the BAL podcast. We really hope that we can talk to you again when you finally move. Well, please don't leave. Just go to Senegal. Okay? <laughs> and come and visit. All hey, right? but, uh, I thank you, God. I really appreciate it. No, I, I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope you will come back when you do go. Um, yeah. And Tabi, thank you for the news. Colin, thank you for your extras. For everything. <laughs> I, really, really, Benny, we should do a movie. Or we should talk about doing a movie on... Um, on his career because look this should be it, it's just it's what amazing would movie what would you call jimmy's life story movie what would the you journeyman the journeyman the jo- <laughs> my- <laughs> journey, journey through africa the african journeyman exactly <laughs> or like a jordan series documentary exactly you know because that would be amazing no, and DJ Aries, as always, thank you for the lifestyle news. We'll be back here on the BAL podcast next week. Um, I've been Miss Benny Bonsu. Please make sure you tune in on all the social media platforms, Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, name it, we're everywhere. And then follow us on Twitter and also on Instagram at the BAL podcast. We will speak to you guys very soon. <laughs>